It's February, and that is the month of love. Mmm, okay. Valentine's Day is coming up in like 12 short, short days. You spend a little bit more time right now thinking about that, that, that Valentine. Maybe it's a secret Valentine. Oh, that, that boy or that girl, and you're just going to... Uh, and, and here's the deal. We know that in your life, there are a lot of voices that are telling you, how to, how you what you should be doing, especially during Valentine's Day. Maybe just a lot of voices telling you what you should be doing about dating, maybe even about sex and all of those things, okay? And we know there's a lot of voices in your life telling you one thing. But we here at 4640, I know I already said sex, did you see? You said the S word. I said the S the word. The sex word. <gasps> I know, should we let him get it out now? Just everybody go like this. Just go, okay. okay. All right. But here at 4640, we want to make sure that you find out what God says about all of that. We want to make sure that you hear the perspective from the Bible about what it says about a lot of those things. Now, there are some people, and me, and Pastor Madeline, and Pastor Jill, and Pastor Sean, we had this conversation. We were like, should we be having this conversation? Should we be talking about this with a room full of middle schoolers? Because I don't know, are they too mature? Are immature? Are they too young? Are they going to get squirmy on us when we say things like sex or masturbation or things like that? Okay. But here's the true truth. I think, and we all agreed, I think you guys are mature enough to handle this. Not only do I think you're mature enough to handle this, I think you really need to hear these things from us. So tonight, we are gonna talk about sex and dating, and it's gonna get a little bit awkward, but I want you guys to understand that we, we're telling you from God's biblical perspective of all these things, and we think you guys can handle it. Now, I, I, as we get into this, I wanna tell you a little bit about my life, okay? I had a much more strict upbringing than probably a lot, some of you, or most of you, let's say this, okay? Uh, I couldn't watch any shows, that were like even remotely kind of dirty or innuendo or things, if it was not age appropriate, I couldn't watch it. My parents, like I couldn't watch Simpsons. My parents wouldn't let me watch like WWE wrestling when I was a kid. I don't know. They wouldn't let me do any of that. I couldn't watch PG-13 movies until I was, you know, 13. Rated R movies were out of the question for my life, okay? So I didn't have any of that. Now, I'm gonna age myself a lot, okay? So don't hurt my feelings when I tell you guys all this, okay? But I didn't have access to things like the internet when I was younger, okay? This was my first computer as a child. I said, don't hurt my feelings. You know what you could do on this computer? Nothing. You could type slowly, okay, on the computer. Now, that was my first computer. Then, uh, you know, I, and that was all, all you could do was play like this game, like a connect the dots, a connect four type game. That was it, okay? And that was the computer I had for most of my like younger years, okay? Then right about uh, when I was 10, we got this computer and the only entertainment that this, com this next computer had was this right here, okay? This is the screensaver for the computer. It wasn't even a game I played. It was just something I sat there and stared and watched because I didn't know the password to the computer. And so all I could do was sit there on the screen and watch the computer run through this brick maze. That was it, okay? And so uh, this was the entertainment. Now, uh, this was also the first computer that we had that had internet. 
And like I said, I was right around 10 years old. And when we finally got internet, it actually, when it like started up, you had to boot up the internet. It wasn't just like pop open your phone, hit the button and you automatically hit internet, right? Our internet sounded like this. It gets worse. what that did but then all of a sudden you could get on the internet and you know how frustrated you get when the internet is slow you have no idea how slow this internet was okay it was like one picture took two minutes to load it was bad this was my first phone you all thought it was going to be a cell phone it's not but what was cool is it was in my room oh okay Finally, my parents, like, I, at seventh grade, which was actually pretty young for way back then, I got my first cell phone, and it looked like this, okay? <laughs> that little panda, it moved. It moved. It was pretty cool. It was pretty high tech, let me tell you, okay? Now, even though, okay, I get that I'm a lot older than you, and I get my world was a lot different. No, don't agree that much. Oh, I'm sorry. Just a little. Just be like, okay, I get maybe you're what, a little What? Old. What year were you guys born? No, la, la, la. Okay. Don't ask me when I know. They were born in 2010-ish. That okay. That's upsetting to me. Okay. Okay. Continue. Continue. Okay. We heard you. We heard you. All Joe's right. old. We got it. We got it. Okay. Fine. Okay. I did not have the same access to things like you. you we all literally have like the access to the like the world is at our fingertips, right in the middle of our, our pocket, right in our in our phone. And good or bad, you're just one step away from accessing all sorts of things. But even though I grew up in a completely different time with a lot different like different types of ways of accessing anything I wanted, okay, it was far different. But I still struggled with pornography. See, I remember going over to a friend's house and we like barraged ourselves into his older brother's room and he knew where his brother's dirty magazines were and he showed me my first dirty magazine when I was in elementary school. And so we have this, this, right? And then all of a sudden, I remember when I was 10 and when we had internet on this computer, like even, even at that young age, and although it took forever, I remember trying to find certain images uh, online and all of these things. And, and I struggled with this for most of my teenage years and even in my 20s. And I look back, guys, at, at my struggle and all of the things that I went through and, and how this affected me. And I wanna talk to you guys about how it can affect, how it affected me and then how it could possibly also affect you. For one, it messed up how I saw girls. It just messed up how I saw the opposite sex. Because if I didn't know, like, I didn't treat them like they were objects, but because I watched so many things that did treat them like objects, it started to really mess with my head. And, and it became like the, the girls in there were just a means to, an, in, in the videos you watch or, or all those things, it were just a, a means to meet a need, basically. And so I was careful not to treat them poorly when I was a kid, but in my head, it was the thoughts that were going on. It was the fantasies that were going on, and it really messed with me. Number two is it messed up what I thought sex should look like and what it would be like. See, if you're exposed to all of what porn is going to show you, porn is not what sex is supposed to be. See, guys, if we look at what the Bible says, sex is supposed to be between a husband and a wife. 
It's supposed to be a union between those two people who have vowed in a fancy ceremony. It's not just the words and it's not just the dress, but it's, it's the vows to each other saying, I will love and honor and respect you for all the days of my life. It's those things. And it's putting each other's needs first in that marriage. And that's where that is supposed to happen. But the problem is, is porn, man, it is just take, 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 take. It's a completely selfish act. And the truth is, guys, porn, it takes the lives of young women. I don't know if you guys know this or even connected these dots, but often the women that are used in pornography are being also sex trafficked, okay? And so we talk about, like, the idea of going, like, watching a porn, we're like, what's the big deal? But then being someone who is involved in sex trafficking, all of a sudden, doesn't that feel quite a bit worse? And so we have to understand that porn, it supports, it funds, and it will supply the women to sex trafficking and all of these things. Porn is selfish. It's, it's what they can do for me. And it's not love, it's lust. And we look at 2 Timothy 2.22, it says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Okay, so it, we, we shouldn't, it, porn is all lust. There is no love involved in that. And so it's something that the Bible literally tells us we need to run from. The third thing I would say is it kind of messed with my brain. It honestly did, because here's the, the truth. Porn, and they're, and they're finding this out when they're looking into like the science of it all, is it's acting just like a drug. It, and it becomes addictive just like a drug. Because here's the thing, it's a quick fix. You go like, I feel a certain way, my hormones are raging, I can watch that, and I can watch that pornography, and I can masturbate, and all of a sudden, boom, I get that release of feel-good emotions in that moment, and my brain remembers that, and it feels the, the feel-good chemicals in my brain get released, and my brain says, hey, I like that, and your brain can't tell the difference between a healthy like a sexual experience with a husband and wife or just watching some porn and masturbating. They can't, your brain can't tell the difference because it's just a chemical reaction in your brain. And it creates what's called these, these neural pathways and it makes it your brain after you do it longer and longer and you've done it more than once and, and a, a bunch of times, all of a sudden your brain starts following that pathway and your brain starts just going into like autopilot. And you start, you feel a certain way, you start to feel like, like those hormones rage, and all of a sudden your brain's just like, well, I know what to do. And before you know it, you're on your computer or you're on your phone or whatever and you're looking at those things and you're doing those things. And so it's, it's, it's an addictive thing. And your body always wants to do the easier thing. And it's easier to just get instant satisfaction that way rather than to wait and say no to those things. But here's the truth, guys. Porn, it looks a lot different than it used to. It used to be that porn was just like www.whateversxxx.com and that's what it was. But right now, it's everywhere on all social media platforms. Here's the truth that you need to know. Just because some things are slightly covered doesn't mean it's not porn. Just because there isn't sexual acts happening, uh, being done in that picture or that video doesn't mean that it's not porn. Just because it's a, uh, it's a guy who's just like got a shirt off and, and, and it has nothing to do with girls or anything like that doesn't mean that it's not porn. Just because it's a book and it's not just a video or a picture does not mean that it's not porn. It all does the same thing. It all stirs up lust in us when we should be pursuing righteousness, faithfulness, love, and peace like that scripture said. And if this is something you are struggling with, we want you to know that like you can get help. 
You can come talk to one of us pastors and, and we wanna be able to help you walk through it. I needed to talk to somebody when I was there and I did and I would get help and, and they prayed with me and they would help me and they would hold me accountable and they'd give me the tools to help me get out of literally this like addiction to porn. And it took getting help from me and we hope that you would do the same. Yeah, so we came here tonight prepared to tell you some of our parts of our stories and it's because we want you to know that like, we want to help you and we want to be here for you. And we've been through a lot of the same stuff. And it's not exactly fun to get up here and tell you some of these things, but we love you enough to do it anyway. We love you enough to talk through the awkward. And we want to make sure that even if you've never heard this stuff before, that the first time you hear it is from us, that it's godly advice that you know that you can follow and that you can trust. Because sometimes parents don't have these conversations with us. And when we are educated on what the word says it can help guide us on what decisions that we can make and help us to make sure that we are making healthy decisions for ourselves and whoever we end up dating in the future. And so tonight I wanted to tell you a part of my story as well. And it's again, not one that's super, super fun to talk about because I would love to be able to say that I made every single decision perfectly and correctly, but that's not entirely the case because, well, I will tell you why. See, my parents, um, they were a little bit strict and they said, you are allowed to date until we say that you are ready. Okay, what are you supposed to do with that, number one? I mean, come on, can't you just give me a date, like a time of the year? But they're like, nope, you have to wait until you're ready. For all I know, I could have been 35 by the time that they <laughs> declared that I was allowed to date. And so I was waiting patiently, I was waiting patiently. And I remember all the way through middle school, I still wasn't allowed to date, but this didn't really feel like a big deal to me because it wasn't like I had a lot of suitors lining up, okay? <laughs> Let's just be honest. I had braces um, that were like not the cute braces. You know how some people can really pull off braces? I couldn't. I always had stuff in them. Um, it was really bad. When you get them off, you'll be so, so excited. I wore Twilight shirts all the time. If you guys even know what Twilight is anymore, it was not a cute look. Jacob, right? No, get out of here right now. You're going to make me angry. Okay. Um, I was just like, not the most desirable. Um, I didn't have makeup tutorials to watch or hair tutorials to watch to help me get my stuff together. So I was just nerdy little Madeline. And so during middle school, it wasn't too hard. There were some temptations that came along, like when dances, you know, you wanted the person to go to the dance with, but it wasn't too bad. Then I remember the summer after my eighth grade year, guys, I met a boy. I did. I know. I met a boy. You guys, he was cute and he was sweet and he loved Jesus and the LSU Tiger football team. And what's a girl supposed to do with a guy like that, right? What more could you ask What more? For? It's all of the boxes checked. Well, I'll tell you what you do. You lie and you defy your parents. <laughs> oh. Okay, sorry, that got awkward, but that's what I did, okay? That's what happened. I lied to my parents. I knew I wasn't allowed to date. I wanted to date the boy, and so I told them, no, I'm not dating anyone. That's not the guy that I'm texting. I'm texting my friend. I'm hanging out at my friend's house. I'm not hanging out with this boy and going to see a movie. So I was lying to them, lying to them, lying to them for a very long time, okay? It felt like in that moment, yes, it's hard to lie to my parents. It's hard to make this choice. But in that moment, it felt even harder to let the boy go. And unfortunately, this decision or this series of decisions ended up costing me. Of course, there's the obvious repercussions that come from lying to a parent, but it cost me more than just those things. And so I feel like now, 
as a little bit wiser of an adult, but not that much wiser. If I could go back and tell myself some things, give myself some advice and maybe tell me to do things differently, I wish so badly that I could, but I can't. And so I'm hoping that maybe saying this to you tonight might help you maybe make a better choice than I did, might make help you to see where Jesus should have been and all of these decisions. And so if I could go back and tell myself something, and if there's something that I would want to say to you is number one, trust God's timing. I was not supposed to be dating that boy in that timing. I was not allowed to. It was rushed. It was not something that I was ready for. And so if you are stressed out, like, oh my goodness, I've never had a boyfriend before. feels like everyone else around me is dating or everyone else has had a girlfriend before please know the Lord is going to bring you the perfect person in the perfect timing. You are not going to miss out by being picky and making sure that you're choosing the right person. Another thing that I would say to myself is don't lie. Stop lying to your parents. They didn't deserve what I was doing to them. And eventually they ended up finding out because parents always find out, right? They just always end up finding out. And it really, really hurt my relationship with them in a way that I never even guessed or really could understand. It was like all of a sudden, my trust with them was gone. It was out the window. And I remember them saying to me, and you've probably heard this line too, Madeline, I'm not mad at you. I'm disappointed in you. And that like crushed me. And I'm sure you've probably heard something similar. And that was so, so devastating. And so that was something that was a road that left me or that led me down rebellion and just left me scarred and something that I wish that I could have changed. Another thing that I would go back and tell myself, and ladies, please hear me on this. Don't rely on a guy to tell you who you are. Don't rely on your boyfriend or your significant other to make you feel beautiful and valued and loved and accepted and to tell you what your purpose is in this world. That is not a role that he is supposed to fill no matter how amazing of a guy he is. That's only one role. There's only one person that can fit that role in your life and that's Jesus. And so if you're running to that boy, he can't do those things for you and he's only going to hurt you and he's only going to disappoint you. No matter how awesome he is, you are going to be left brokenhearted if you put those expectations on a boyfriend. So if I could just shake myself back then and say, please don't do this. Please don't put your self-worth and your identity and your purpose on a guy. He's only going to hurt you. If I could have just told myself that, I feel like I could have been so, so different. And the last thing I really would have wished that I could have told myself is please don't cross that line. In this relationship, my boyfriend and I made the decision to go too far, farther than either of us had ever intended or ever wanted to. And we got wrapped up in the moment, as you do, your body takes over instead of your mind. And it was a, a, a line that was not ever supposed to be crossed by us in this relationship. And what we need to understand, guys, is that there are lines that we are not supposed to cross, that Jesus wants to protect us from crossing in our relationships. And I think we all know one of those lines, and that's the virginity line. We know we are not supposed to have sex with a person who is not our husband or our wife. So let's say that that is the this line right here. If you have sex with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, that is sin. That is crossing the line of virginity, and that is a sin, okay? And when I say sex, I'm meaning, and if I have to explain this, I will, penetration, 
the thing that you do to make the baby even if there's no baby made, okay? That's not the line that you are supposed to cross if you are not married to that person. I think a lot of us already realize this, and so we're thinking, okay, well, with the person I'm dating, I'm not gonna cross that line, but we can do other stuff, the stuff that comes before that. But what we need to realize is that there's another line that we are also not supposed to cross, and that is called the line of sexual immorality. You might have also heard it said as purity. You can lose your virginity. You can also lose your purity. And so we want to make sure that you realize that there are two lines that we are never intended to cross unless we are married to the person that we are crossing the line with. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 8, run from sexual sin. No other sin clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Guys, when we are doing this, we are sinning against our body, our temple, okay? So you might be wondering, okay, what exactly is sexual immorality? How can I know whether or not I'm crossing the lines with the person that I'm going to date in the future? Well, here's what I would say. There's not in the Bible a verse that says this, but here at 4640, this is the advice that we would give in order to make sure we're not crossing any lines, is we would say, okay, it is appropriate, depending on where you are in a relationship, if you are in a long-term relationship, if you feel that you are in a committed relationship enough, vertical kissing is something that you can do, okay? You can hold hands, you can hug, but remember, each of these things is still giving a part of yourself to that person. So you really wanna guard your heart and take things very, very, very slow. So you can use your imagination, you can start your imagination, you can start thinking, okay, well, if there's other things that are crossing the line, I probably shouldn't touch certain places. I probably shouldn't be under the covers in the dark with the door closed because I know that something potentially could happen. I probably shouldn't go to second or third or fourth base. And so what we would say is take it as slow as possible. First off, wait as long as you possibly can to date because once you start dating, it's really, really, really hard to not wanna go straight up to those lines and run right past them. Once you're married, you can go all the way over here. And it's a lot of fun over here. <laughs> but until then, way over here, 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 way over here. He put a ring on it. We good. We good. We good. We good. They don't even know that song. Okay, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. Okay. They were born when that song came out. So take it slow. They don't know. They don't know. Yay. They don't know Yonce. Okay. Okay. You with me here? So we're taking it slow. We're waiting to date as long as we possibly can. Then once we find the person that checks those boxes that we know would be a good partner for us, we are taking it as slow as possible. I know that's not what the world is saying to you, but this is what Jesus is saying. Watch those lines. Do not cross them. Take it slow. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, but God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out 
so that you can endure. You guys, our God is good. And when we incorporate him and when we allow him into our relationships, he makes those promises on that verse that says, I'm never gonna give you more temptation that you can stand. And if you're ever in a situation where you're getting tempted, I will help make sure that I get you out of those situations and so that you can endure. There's one last thing that I really wanna make sure that we say, and that is that we need to be very, very clear about boundaries. We need to be very intentional with those conversations from the very, very beginning and say to that person, this is as far as I'm willing to go and we are not going anywhere past that point. And ladies, I wanna say this to you tonight. I think there's that expectation out there where like if we are the person that is causing the man to be aroused and turned on, that we are then obligated to satisfy that urge. And I know that that's an awkward thing to say, but you need to hear this. You are not obligated to do anything for that man. You are not obligated to satisfy him in any way. Just because you gave him the heart on does not mean that you are obligated to satisfy it, okay? So let that lie die right here and right now. This also leads me to a buzzword you've probably heard time and time again, and this is the word consent. Now what consent means is that if you are going anywhere sexually, that you are getting permission from your partner to make that next step in that sexuality, okay? So you are asking constantly, do I have this consent to go further? So that's what consent means. Now girls, I know that it's so, so scary to tell a guy no, to shut him down, but if you're afraid of what a guy might do if you say no, he is not the right guy for you. Run away, be clear from the beginning, and if he has a problem with that line, go find another boy. There's so many more out there and they are so much better. You don't deserve that, you don't need that. But also don't give up more than you're willing to. You might find that in the moment you're like, okay, well, I just want him to love me, I just want him to accept me, and yes, this does feel good, but please, please know it won't make him stay. It won't make him love you. Tell him no, ladies. You are worth fighting for and you are worth waiting for. First Peter 2.11 says, Dear friends, your real home is not here on earth. You are strangers here. I ask you to keep away from all of the sinful desires of the flesh. These things fight to get hold of your soul. Guys, no one should have hold of your soul except for Jesus. He's the only one that can be trusted with it. Yeah, so I also want to take a moment for, to talk to the guys about this idea of consent because obviously it can't just be on the girl to be the one that's saying, like, to have to say no. And honestly, guys, here's the truth of the matter. As a Christian guy, consent shouldn't be a really hard thing to figure out. Because in reality, when you're talking about a relationship and how far you should go on these lines and all of things, to be honest, the girl shouldn't be the first person you get consent from. Honest to God, it needs to be Jesus. You need to be having a conversation with Jesus and saying, Father, do I have permission to do those things? And when we start talking about, talking about it like that and asking God, do I have permission? It's kind of like the same idea as if you were to go and imagine asking your girlfriend's dad if you had permission to squeeze her butt. How quickly would you miss, lose teeth? How quickly? Okay, okay. Now, now, 
That girl, guys, has a heavenly father who loves her even more than her actual, you know, her birth father, loves her abundantly more. And if you're going to the father and saying, Father, God, I really want to, you know, I really want to do things with her. You know, I really want to push those limits. He's going to say no. But let's just say you're in a position where you're not in that connection with God and you're moving on and, you know, and you, for, you don't ask him. You, you absolutely need to be asking her for consent. You ask God first. You should, and honestly, if you ask him, you ain't going to be doing any of that. If you're listening and honestly reading your Bible and looking at what God's word says about how you should be treating that person, that consent, man, whoop, it's way over here. Okay, but if that's not you, and if you're not in that relationship, you still need to make sure that you ask that person before you do anything. You need to make sure that she feels comfortable with it. You need to make sure that she feels safe before emotions and hormones and stuff stuff start clouding your brain. Because let's be honest, guys, in that moment, you're not thinking with this head anymore, okay? And so the truth is, all right, you have to talk ahead. And and let's be real about consent. Consent is a needs to be a confident, yes, you can. Yes, you may. I will allow it. Con consent is not we are dating and she didn't say no. Consent is not, we are dating and we've done it before, so we must be able to do again. Consent is not, she said yes, but now she's trying to kind of, she's hinting at being uncomfortable and maybe saying no. None of those things are consent. Consent is, yes, you can. But, but girls, please remember, you need for your safety and for the guy's safety, the people that you're around, a lot of the issues we hear about with consent and was there consent, was there consent, it falls in this gray area of there wasn't a clear yes or no. So always be very clear. Before you do anything, guys, make sure there's clear yeses or nos. Girls, make sure you're telling someone clear yeses or nos. Gentlemen, please ask for clarity. Do it for your safety's sake, because we're seeing this world where it's their word versus their word and all those things, and it's very, very dangerous. But here's, guys, honestly the truth. We want to just let you know that we love you so much and we want what's best for you and we want you to be happy and we don't want you to be this miserable alone person, but we also want you to know that that God has more for you than what you might think. And I'm a father. I have a a five-year-old sweet little girl, okay, and her name is Molly. And, And she's not your age yet, but if she was 13, here's some things that I would tell Molly. I go, Molly... Please wait. Please wait till, till you're a little bit older, till your heart's a little bit more ready for this, till you understand what it means to let's open up your heart to somebody like that. Please, please wait a little bit longer until you understand that, that when you give somebody your heart, sometimes it comes back to you in not the same shape as you gave it in the first place. I'd also tell her, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm gonna bury the first guy that breaks your heart. Just to be honest, yeah, I'm, I'm that kind of dad, okay? But I'm also going to tell her this, that God has an amazing husband for her someday, and to save everything and anything she can for that guy. Because you only get one first kiss. You only get one first handhold. You only get one first time. Until you find that one, which won't be right now. I'm going to look at her and say, it's not right now, honey. The men you should ha- who should have your heart, that's me and that's God. The people who you need to be entrusting your heart with, that's me. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you safe. And your heavenly father will do so even more than me. And the other thing I'm going to tell her is no dumb teenage boy deserves your whole heart. 
Make them earn it. Make them fight for it. And honestly, at this point, make them wait for it because you are worth waiting for. And it's the other thing I'm going to tell her is this. It is never the wrong time. It is never too late to call me to have me come pick you up. And any situation, if you feel nervous, even the slightest, you call dad and I'm going to be there and I'm going to get you out of that situation. And in a scary short time amount of time, here's the other truth, is I've got, another, I've got a son and he's eight and he's going to be your guys' age far, far too soon. And that makes me a little bit scared, but I'm going to have a different conversation with him. And I'm going to look at my son when he's your age and I'm going to say, Wallace, no girl deserves first place in your heart. No one. Only God deserves that place in your heart. I'm going to look at him and I'm saying, Wallace, you, that girl, whenever that girl comes along, and you're not right now, but in a few years, you protect her from anything. You protect her from any harm, from any discomfort, from anything that would make her scared. You protect her future. You protect her heart. You protect her relationship with God. Even if that means you need to protect her from yourself and you need to get the heck out of there, you protect her above all else. And I'm going to tell them, remember that the kid, that they are God's kid and he loves that person more than you could ever love them. And I'm going to tell him to set up boundaries. I'm going to tell him these things that we're telling you today. I'm going to say, absolutely, you need to make sure that you set those boundaries with her and you be the leader in the relationship. You, wear, you be the leader and say, this is how far we're going to go and I'm not going any farther. And that's, the, that's it. I'm not going to play, don't play chicken with consent. Don't play chicken with these lines and see how close I can go without crossing these lines. I'm going to say, don't do that, son. And do it, do it to be, protect yourself, to protect that person and to protect your relationship with God. But if you don't have a father, if you don't have one, someone in your life saying that, I'm saying it to each and every one of you because I love you so much. And God is saying it too to each and every one of you. And tuck into your heavenly father and, and ask him and let him tell you how much he loves you and how much you're worth and how much he cares for you and the future and the beautiful relationships he has planned for each and every one of you guys in your future because he loves you. Let's pray, guys. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for creating us. We thank you, God, so much that you would just, uh, that you love us, that you watch over us, God. And I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would bless our relationships as we get older and as we do that, God, that you would be with us. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.